Everybody downstairs. Come on, you guys, I got a surprise for you. What is it, Daddy? Wait, wait, wait. By the year 2005... Are you one's family? I guess so. Every home will have an NDR 114. Andrew, this is very good. Thank you, sir. I think it sucks. Sucks? Chickens do not have lips. <laughs> he was designed to serve humans. Would you please open the window? One is glad to be of use. Now jump. No! Out the window. But there was something different about Andrew. Two cannibals were eating a clown. One turns to the other and says, does this taste funny to you? <laughs> How do you make a hanky dance? Put a little boogie in it. <laughs> what exactly is it doing? He shows a number of characteristics like creativity, curiosity, friendship. Good night, sweetheart. Good night, Andrew. It is a household appliance. And yet you act like it is a man. You're unique. I feel responsibility to help you become whatever you're able to be. This Christmas, witness one robot's extraordinary 200-year journey. He learns and grows all the time. To become... This is an external physical upgrade only. ...an ordinary man. I believe in... The secret to all this is imperfection. That's what makes us unique. I like the shape of your head. It's huge. Oh. I believe in miracles. This looks wonderful. Take the next step. From the director of Mrs. Doubtfire comes an epic story. Cliff, I saw the inner me. That will bridge the gap between man and machine. It works! What the hell's going on? I am the proud owner of a central nervous system. You can feel. Will you perform an experiment just for the sake of science? Alright. Kiss me. everything they say it is. Bicentennial Man. Look what I'm doing here. I am trying to make something of myself. I am trying to fulfill my destiny. Does she notice? Could we talk about this another time? All right, we're all set. Welcome to the Film Hole Podcast. I'm Raul. And I'm Trevor, your hosts. And this week we watched a very special movie. Yeah, we're uh, it's different because we're in person this week. Um, another one of our famed uh, visits to one another. This uh -huh. time in Colorado. Yep, been all over the place. We're uh -huh. going on tour next year. Yeah, look for those live podcast dates on our website. Yeah, yeah. So, anyways, anyways, we're in person. We watched the uh, Bicentennial Man last night, nineteen ninety nine, directed by Chris Columbus, Christopher Columbus. Yeah. Uh, famous for right? fam famous for two things uh you know discovering america and then make directing this movie yeah he's actually like we looked it up last night i didn't realize he's a big kind of studio director this dude harry potter uh what else i don't know yeah big movies big movies he's like a guy who's directed a lot of things but not a person you would recognize or feel like you've ever heard of but you've mm -hmm. seen his movies so yeah. That's some kind of thing. Kind of on par with AI. It actually just came out a few years before AI, and there's a lot of similarities. 
I think I told you I probably haven't seen this like literally since it came out. You said 99. Uh-huh. Yeah. Do you think you saw it when it came out? Did you see it in theaters or on TV? I probably I probably rented the VHS just because we talked about this that the the image of the like the VHS box is burned into my head for this movie. Is it the blue face with It's the like a, yeah, split face. Like kind of Terminator-esque. It's got like Robin Williams face on one side and then the the android face on the other. So I probably rented it. Mhm. You saw it in the theater? No, I don't think so. I think I saw it on TV. Uh, okay, well, you want to just like try and break this movie down? Yeah, yeah. Um short of us like getting something else to like jog our creativity. Yeah, let yeah, let's just um try to describe. Let's spoil it. I mean, it's it's a a movie about this robot uh played by Robin Williams who joins this like upper class family i guess it doesn't matter that they're upper class it's just i can't like not see it the whole time. <laughs> well we talk about this a lot Fucking... in, like throughout the movie like the the way you see class throughout the movie uh-huh where it's like the movie sort of presents this uh situation that this family in is in as like normal like this is a normal family mm-hmm. but they're like clearly upper class and like there's not a a single window into someone not doing super well in this movie. Right. Like everybody is like middle class or higher. And I guess it works because like when the robot first joins the family, he essentially serves a role of like a butler. Yeah. Doing menial chores and whatnot. And so I guess that's on purpose. Mm -hmm. Um, And then just to like, yeah, like really spoil everything right away. A big thing of the movie is of this robot kind of, becoming more intelligent and eventually so it's happening right now gaining civil rights i think he's becoming more conscious in this sequence is that what's happening i think so which is weird because it it almost seems like he's they show him right before that like plugging into a wall like there's this whole scene where he goes down into the basement so they go down into the basement and like uh, the main character who is also or the main like dad figure is uh, also the actor from Jurassic Park. Mm-hmm. He's like telling him all these normal phrases and like how to talk to the family, trying to like get him introduced to being a human. And in the basement, uh, he leaves him down there to, I guess, just charge overnight. Or why wouldn't you let the robot like live upstairs? You just want him to stay in the basement. Uh, yeah, they're like uncomfortable with the robot to begin with. Which I like that they touch on that. It's not uh, it's not this weird future where just robots are automatically accepted. Uh-huh. It's like everybody's still a little bit wary of yeah, having yeah. this thing in their house. Uh, in the end of the movie, they reveal that the starting time period of the movie is 2005. Did you catch that? Yeah, well, at least that's when he came online. Uh-huh. Yeah, so I guess that would be I'm right here, here, right? Yeah, yeah. When they pull him out of the box. Uh-huh. So not quite contemporary, five years in the future, which is like... Close enough. It's very close, but mm-hmm. it's enough time to give them a little bit more liberty with like introducing a robot into a contemporary. Right. It's enough time for the scientists to figure it out. Right, right. It's all those movies are always so uh, overly ambitious. They just expect so much of the future. Like 2001, you know, like we've figured out like how to travel to Saturn or whatever. I know. And this, <laughs> and this movie gets pretty ridiculous like mm-hmm. as a so so a lot of time progresses throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, 200 years actually you know bicentennial and the advancements in the environment in the world are just astounding give like, me an example well 
the a lot of the movie takes place in San Francisco. That's right. In the Bay Area. They and build so, a lot. Yeah, there's like shots of the city where they just like Photoshop skyscrapers everywhere. Like that's their idea of the future. Hell um, everything just gets like way bigger. Good point to bring up like the parallels to AI. Yeah. Also a, a movie that starts with a robot being introduced after this yeah it came out after that's important to know because this movie has uh was a box office bomb had terrible ratings but it came out two years before ai yeah and it's a worse movie by any standard but uh but it was there first it was there first uh anyways back to this plot thing i was describing uh the android who just looks like robin williams like the He's just, like, built to have the same sort of gaunt, square-shaped head as Robin Williams. Mm-hmm. And so is every other robot that... Because they all look like him, right? Yeah. They all look exactly the same. So in this universe, just the robot is modeled after Robin Williams. He's, like, the original clone. Uh, so anyways, he's in the basement. He's plugging into the wall. And I guess, like, charging and then dreaming, I guess, would be all those, like, flashing lights that you see all over his body. Mm-hmm. But they kind of, I just think it's funny because they show him plugging into the wall very deliberately, assuming to just charge. But it almost seems like he's interfacing with like some like computer or trying to learn something, you know, like when R2-D2 sticks his little wand in the wall, but it's just a normal outlet. It's like a household outlet. Yeah. Yeah. It's just power. I'm just curious if like, uh. There's some version of that where it's like, oh, we'll just like show him plugging into a wall and like pretend it's like a USB port. No one, <laughs> no one will notice. People are only gonna watch this on VHS. They won't be able to see what that is. Uh huh. They're like, is, is it like dial up? Like where you get the internet through like the existing phone lines? So right. it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> the outlet is also the information jack. Yeah. yeah. Um, I like how you got this sped up. The playback that's actually perfect. Yeah, yeah. Not wasting too much time just watching it. Yeah. I'll have to admit something to you. I actually watched AI like this, like at one and a half times speed. Uh huh. For like your real watch through of it? Yes. With noise or no? With with, with sound, yeah. Oh. And the audio also works. It's sped up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's surprisingly like it. It does a good job at staying at the correct pitch. It doesn't sound like chipmunks. Huh. So we got. Um, so I want to I want to say something about this movie that I, I do want to talk about is that the sci-fi in this movie is really. Good explain that more um well i'll open by saying that it is based on a book by renowned science fiction writer isaac asimov isaac asimov who is um a cool as fuck guy i watched Mm -hmm. an interview with him uh on the dick cavett show that he had in the 80s an interview show oh in the 80s in the 80s yeah. dick cavett a lot of dick cavett stuff is like earlier than that his like big talk show was in like the 60s yeah late 60s um but he had a career as a journalist and interviewer you know mm-hmm. well into the 80s there's I some cringy interviews um we don't have to get into it but okay <laughs> the, uh, i love dick cavett for the record yeah he's, I, he's like my favorite he's uh, guy on that lineup of people uh-huh he just seems like the most i i say that because he just seems like the most regular out of all of them like there's oh, really there's not too much of what i feel to be a character uh-huh. with him he's just kind of he's That's just kind of talking to people i i just i love his style of you know tight posh intellectual mm-hmm. um you know just sharp as a knife mm-hmm. i love him yeah um and also kind of like 
he's like a little awkward and kind of like cute to watch mm-hmm. uh like the, like there's a great interview on his show this doesn't have to turn into this <laughs> this doesn't have to we're talking about dick cabot now. anyways like his interview with isaac asimov is great he's like a really insectant guy he used to be a chemist by trade by training asimov or asimov Ke- okay um he did a phd in chemistry and like i looked up his thesis and it's pretty cool he's like this great new york jewish type mm-hmm. he like l- never travels never he's like a recluse essentially but super super congenial guy like very happy-go-lucky excited um you you lost track of what you're talking about didn't you yeah <laughs> We're talking about Isaac Asimov. He wrote the story that inspired Bicentennial Man. Yeah, yeah. Okay. You uh, like him a so, lot. And so some of the reasons... You watched an interview with Dick Cavett? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a great interview. And, like, he's one of, like, the science fiction writers. Mm-hmm. Um, alongside, like, Philip K. Dick. Right. These kind of figures. But, yeah, so it's just all to say that the sci-fi is really good in this. There's a lot of concepts that, like like what as an example well right off the bat when he like is introduced to the family remember that he like explains the three laws of robotics robotics. yeah Uh uh-huh is that is the three laws of robotics like is that something that asimov created i'm not sure did he just write about it i'm not 100 percent on if he's the one that created it now that i actually think about it and what are they for the record are those like real laws that apply to like artificial intelligence or is it just some kind of sci-fi e thing that he came up with and people now reference it's um it's more serious than just that like it is like like some of these people like you know essentially think of like their work on thinking about ai and stuff that and stuff like that is like academic uh-huh. stuff mm-hmm. that's like not completely fiction mm-hmm. um but also, they're not, like, real laws in any sense. They're just kind of, like, they're almost, they like, the... policy recommendations for what the laws should be that govern robotic uh, systems. Are they the same laws, in quotes, that you hear about in, like, uh, iRobot? Yeah. Yeah, they are. Okay. Cool. Yeah. The exact ones. Nice. Do you um, and the, what were you they? Me- do you remember the year that iRobot takes place? Not that much in the future. I think we might have It's coming up. It's uh 2035. 2035. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It'll be here before you know it. Uh-huh. That's a great movie too. Mm-hmm. Watch that in theaters. Yeah. That was one of those ones that was always on FX. Like yes. on, on TV. So much. Yeah. So much. And then I remember it came out in 2004 because there's a it, there's like heavy product placement for like Converse in that movie. Uh-huh. He's like has Chuck Taylors. It's like big, like it's shameless in the movie. And he, like, there's a scene where he's getting ready in the morning, and he, like, is lacing up his Converse, and he's, like, what kind of, like, his aunt is right there, and she's, yeah, like, what yeah. kind of shoes are those? Because they're, like, antiques at yeah, this yeah, point. Yeah, 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 And he's, like, this is a... He says the full he says, name. He says, Converse High Tops, Vintage 2004. That's right. He says, like, the full <laughs> name and date. Catalog number H3U7X6. And that's how I always remember the movie came out in 2004. Uh-huh. Is that he says, this is this year's Converse on my feet. You know, when I watched that, I I still wasn't attuned to that concept of shameless ad uh, ad placements, product mm-hmm. placements in movies, mm-hmm. as like a, as like a joke. So I just I didn't even recognize that that was like a weird thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I thought it was suppo- like when I was a kid, same sort of deal. I 
thought it was had something to do with building the character uh-huh. right? which is what they want me to think as uh as a person who places products in a movie i'm just supposed to believe like oh yeah yeah obviously this dude's super cool he would be into converse and uh-huh. they're just communicating to me that he's cool and i just i'm just a little capitalist like baby when i'm listening to that uh what it made me think is just that the concept that you know the stuff that's in the, your world now this year's shoes and fashion and movies mm-hmm. um well of course they're they're gonna be retro in the future and they're gonna mm-hmm. be that's part of it too. nostalgic to it and mm-hmm. so it, it, that's like kind of like what i thought about when i saw it so i thought like oh wow what an effective thing in the movie but no it was like a shameless product yeah. placement i didn't know it movies do that too with like period pieces like where they'll show like legacy brands like Coca-Cola has like been around like a hundred years or whatever. Uh-huh. So someone had like a Coke bottle in like a movie that took place in the fifties. Like Coke would be like, yeah, this movie's great because we get to show off like, look how long Coke's been around, you know, uh-huh. like they had it all the way back then. Legacy brand by, <laughs> by more Coke. So it works both ways. Yeah. It weird that it doesn't happen as much nowadays, like with Mac computers, for example, mm-hmm. because of the, way the law works like you don't see that as often as like maybe would what 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 do you mean like cheap sheet tv shows will just like stick put a sticker on it or like reality tv shows will just put a sticker on it yeah i always i i I always interpreted that as like the the show or movie doesn't have permission from apple to use their shit and otherwise they would need to pay money to do it why would it be that way if it's we've like talked free advertising for apple we've talked about this before this like dilemma uh-huh. of how product placement works like who owes who money uh-huh. like is it the advertiser because they are getting to be in this movie that will get a lot of eyeballs or is it the the person who's making the movie because that brand is so recognizable that they don't have the rights right to use it in their movie and I don't know. I sincerely just want to know. Yeah, I don't. I'm not know. saying that it should be like one way or the other. Uh-huh. I don't care. Yeah, I feel like it has. It just has to do with like what of those two things has more reach and notoriety than the other. Right. It's like this is a Marvel movie, so like if you want to advertise Dollar Shave Club in it, like you're gonna need to pay Marvel. <laughs> Dollar Shave Club needs to pay Marvel to be in the movie. <laughs> But if you're fucking Apple and you're making like a million dollar movie, like in Seattle, you know, like we want to show an Apple, well, Apple's going to be like, well, you didn't pay for the rights for us to use that logo. So you need to pay us because you're showing this recognizable brand uh-huh. and that's going to bring more notoriety to your thing. So you owe us for that. Right. I don't know. I, I know my ideas on this are just like not formed at all because I have no idea about legal stuff. Yeah. We like which to... essentially what this comes down to. Yeah. We, uh, it's fun to theorize, but yeah, I yeah. don't know anything about the law at the end of the day. Hey, I'm not an expert. So bicentennial man. <laughs> yeah. Bicentennial man. This family, this family has, uh, this butler and there's this whole sequence of him trying to integrate into the family the family has these two little daughters one of which is like a real uh just transparently like shitty like shithead preteen. Uh, the older one yeah they like go they go to such efforts to make you believe this kid sucks like right away 
Yeah. Because they, like, as soon as the robot comes out of the box, she's like, this thing's stupid. Like, it's the cringy line. She literally says, like, this is stupid. Look what she's wearing. Yeah. She's got, like, some real 90s, ba- like. Backwards yellow baseball cap. That's how you know it's the bad kid in the 90s. Uh-huh. This is the, the backwards cap. It's kids all over the place. But yeah, she doesn't like the robot, and she, it, that never changes, like, throughout the the whole movie. Like, they grow to be adults, like, the, the children. And, like, you see, like, the punk version of that shitty kid. And she still just, like, hates the robot for no reason. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Just never shakes. I will say that, like, the time jumps in this movie, which is an important component, right? Mm -hmm. The time jumps don't convince me that, like, a lot of time has passed at all. They do a... It does such a poor job of that. In terms of, uh... Just the aging of the actors? That, and just, like, how how nothing literally changed. Uh-huh. Like, there, there's no, like, sense of, like, anything un, unplanned happening in, like, 12 years. That's right. That's right. Like, it's, like, nothing, there's nothing to catch up on. Um, exactly. Except, like, maybe uh, a passing of the character or just, like, whatever is critical to the main plot. Line. It's, like, yeah, yeah. Like, there's a part in the movie where the robot skipping ahead, uh, leaves and he's like i'm gonna go be out on my own you know i'm gonna go do my own thing i want to be free the joke that i made while we were watching last night i was like who's gonna rent to this android because <laughs> <he's laughs> like, you can't just go out and get an apartment if you're a robot exactly uh but anyways he goes out on his own and he builds like his own house like on a beach is that kind of what's implied uh-huh he like constructs his own house like from scratch on the beach and he he's like i'm gonna live here and then the title card comes up that says 12 years later. Mm-hmm. And he's still just in that house, like, <laughs> hanging out. <laughs> like, nothing happened, like, in 12 years that, like, made him, like, reconsider what the house was, where it was. He just stayed there for 12 years and was, yeah. like, I guess just carving things. That's his business, right? Yeah, yeah. He, like, makes furniture and carves figurines and stuff. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, you said it best. Like nothing to catch up on in that time period. Twelve years goes by, nothing of significance happened until this character right now is dying. Yeah, I guess that kind of makes sense for the robot, though, right? They do say that like time is like endless. For uh-huh. him. Yeah. Um. I, I guess two hundred years. And he's just learning endless. to be a person, so like, he does. He's not even like intelligent enough to like have a, any more rich of an experience in those 12 years and just yeah yeah i think he probably just stayed in that house every day for 12 years and didn't do anything yeah except carve yeah that's also like ai you know just uh yeah what's that kid's name from ai the character ah uh, i can't think of it david is it david i'm david does that sound right oh the character's name or the actor's name? character's name i'm just gonna say david yeah <laughs> uh but yeah he like goes to sleep in the ice box like under the ocean and wakes up three thousand years later but it's like yeah he just zipped ahead in time yeah wasn't doing a whole lot right it's a different situation because he's literally frozen but you know same rule applies both 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 people have like uh insane amounts of patience right right oh we talked a lot about the kitchen last night like the decor of the kitchen in the house yeah do you remember that very 90s very 90s and like still like still kind of cool looking though like except for the backsplash uh-huh. like the cabinets look nice the uh the countertop is like wood mm-hmm. it's like a sealed unfinished wood 
which is like seemingly more of a modern thing. Look at these look at these countertops, dude. They're great. And the cabinets. Yep. And like the hardware in the cabinets. It's exceptionally tasteful. They even have this like little drying thing I like with that. like this paper towel holder. Like all of this looks like not that dated at all. Mm-mm. I'm into it. It's a good looking kitchen. Yeah. Maybe the sink. The sink would probably look yeah. a little bit different. Uh but yeah. I'm into it. We could we couldn't shut up about the kitchen, and that's how we know we're thirty. I am in my terminal twenties. I will let you know. Is that a f- thing that you just came up with in the car earlier? Yeah, the terminal twenties. I like that a lot. I'm in the terminal stages of my twenties. It's funny. That's funny. Uh, just because by that logic, like all, like all of your uh, age decades are terminal. They will all get to the end. Yeah. Well, I mean, you die every decade and are reborn. I guess like except for the last one. The last one is not your terminal, uh, whatever. The whole decade is a terminal decade. If you if you die like in your nineties, those aren't your terminal nineties because you die. Like it, let's say you die like ninety five. Like uh-huh. once you're dead, you're just ninety five, right? You stay ninety five. I mean, you die, right? And so you're no longer aging. You don't stay anything. You're not. You're no longer aging. So uh-huh. your your legacy is now ninety five. That that's true. That's true. People you can't don't say that you are ninety five because <laughs> there is nothing to have a property anymore. This is true, uh-huh. but we also Metaphysically. we we say that people were ninety five when they died. Okay. Yeah, you know, but you yeah. wouldn't say that they were ninety five if you're talking about a past person, like talking if you talk about your great grandpa. Uh huh. They say, "Hey, how old was your great grandpa?" It's not a like yes. Yeah, he was ninety three. Right. You have to tack on when they died. You have yeah. to ask a specific question. Yeah, How yeah. old were they when they died? Yeah, because they are not an age right now. Well, what age is your gra- uh, your great granddad? Uh, if if you tell somebody, hey, how old is your grandpa? You would say, hey, actually, my like, grandpa he passed away. My last grandpa year. is one hundred and fifty years old. <laughs> he just happens to be dead. Yeah, one hundred fifty. He <laughs> happened to die at um, age fifty-seven. This is he great. Was very. He was very young. <laughs> it was a different time back then. You live L- fast and die young. Literally. You said something like that in our last recording. You were like, it was a different time. It was like, yeah, like literally, it was just like a different time. Yeah. Different point in time. <laughs> I just, I like that term. Yeah. It was a different time back then. <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously. Uh, we need to talk about this character on screen right now. Okay. You remember her name? Little Mrs. Does she have an actual name? I or think like, so. I'm sure she does. Do we learn it at any point? Uh, I don't know. Okay. I gotta be honest. I never learn any characters' names of stuff I'm watching. I'm pretty bad at that too. Yeah. Yeah. I actually kind of like this device where it's just like a nickname and that's all you hear. Mm-hmm. Like the name is not important in order to like get the exposition across. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not even sure if they said a name or not. Honestly, I, I can't. I don't even know if I can agree with you because all I heard was Little Misses. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, it works. You know. Yeah. It's just like you know what we're talking about when we say Little Miss. Uh huh. And that's good enough for me. Uh-huh. And. uh you don't know it, but like this, um, you don't know when you start watching the movie that it's going to time jump so much. Yeah. Uh, but like this relationship is a long and storied one between. Between generations. Generational. Weirdly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's pretty crazy, but this is kind of when they first fall in love with each other, I guess. Is that fair to say? Or when it starts? I mean, I guess it's fair to say, but it's like gross, you know, because like the robot is like. A robot, first of all, uh-huh. who has the appearance of like a thirty-five-year-old man, 
who looks like Robin Williams. Right. And this little miss is like what? Like six years old uh-huh. in this, like in this frame that we have up the first time that they meet. And so, yeah, like you could probably say that this is when they started to fall in love, but like doesn't make it any less sick. Okay. And maybe that's a bad way to say that. Not when they fell in love, but this is like when they spiritually connected. That's fair. That's a much, you know, uh, that's a much more like G rated yeah, yeah, yeah. way to look at this. Like the whole theme of this movie is about like Robin Williams finding his humanity. Right. Coming at or fi- his humanity. Finding or fighting? Finding. Finding. But I mean, I guess also fighting for it too. Yeah, yeah. And so this is like probably the er- like one of the earliest occurrences of that, you know, a person to person bond. Right, 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 right. Like being to form like a like soulmate kind of relationship with somebody. Yeah, yeah. Like he he was able to express something with her that he couldn't uh-huh. express with any other person. Yeah. And somehow that unlocked his humanity or consciousness right right he becomes like emotional pretty quickly and by that i mean just that like he's able to express love well pretty we, fast we didn't really get into it but we were talking about him like plugging into the wall and like charging uh-huh and, like that was him like waking up the important like plot point with this robot is he's like the only he's like one robot of an assembly line right like they make these robots right and ship them right. out to people but he, for whatever reason, is the only one who like figures out that he's conscious. Uh huh. And my mic has not been very close to me this whole time. I'm real. Oh. My mic just. You're uh... also really not on camera anymore. Oh no. So what was I talking about? Fuck! <laughs> oh, I thought you knew. Okay, we're talking about uh, Little Miss. Real connection with a person unlocked his consciousness. He's the only robot. You want to talk about the plug again? He's the only robot. He's the only robot who figures out that he's sentient or conscious or uh-huh. whatever you want to call it. I mean, I guess he's. Yeah, I mean, he is the only one who is conscious at all. That is like. Yeah. Actually. Yeah, yeah, and so like his his quest, it, like maybe the the halfway point of this movie becomes to find other robots that are like him. Uh huh. And the the conclusion of that is that there are none. Like he's the only one that that is like he like he is that's right but it, i i don't know if i ever got a satisfying reason for that like bringing it back to this little girl like is it that he had this weird like he fell in love or like had this connection with this girl and like that's what unlocked his ability to become conscious since like that's the only thing that's different between him and the other other robots uh-huh yeah i'm not sure relationship either. yeah I, I don't know it seems like he's different from that very first scene with the plug into the wall like it seems yeah i, I don't actually why? know i but don't actually know is, what that is why is he different though and why is nobody else different yeah yeah it, yeah, yeah never really explained no and it doesn't even try to say anything about it at all no like it doesn't yeah. it doesn't say like uh, yeah that the the secret to consciousness is anything it's just like it it's just kind of there all of a sudden I, it's yeah. more of a MacGuffin than it is like a, a discussion point right that's true it's like oh he's conscious now he's the only one who is and so that's moving our plot forward that's right and also it's it's a practical one because it's a whole different movie if it's about you know multiple AIs like a society of a like a class of conscious AI robots. That's a different movie. That's an iRobot movie. This is like a much more like a meditation on a single 
robot man and his humanity. It's like more personal in that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I didn't think they wanted to go there, it seems like. But yeah, not explained. And he fails in his quest to he, find anybody else. He starts wearing clothes. It's great. Stacy was really bullying him about the clothes. She was very, uh, very metal face in her viewing last night. Remember that? Metal face? Yeah, yeah I remember that. Term. Metal face is yeah, the, yeah, 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 the, yeah, the yeah. term I came up with to describe robot racism. I don't even want to tell it, dude. She <laughs> went into the kitchen, got some aluminum foil, and did things that <laughs> well, I found regrettable. <laughs> I found them regrettable. <laughs> That's great. So yeah, what, whatever about about his consciousness. But yeah, we meet Little Miss. What else happens after this? I'm sure it's just like a montage of him being uh, in their family and uh-huh. connecting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty sappy stuff. Yeah. Like a pretty cute child actor. No yeah. doubt the casting agent wasn't like that was the one objective. They're like, find the cutest girl. Yeah, yeah. Who yeah. can like, it, it doesn't matter if she can like even deliver lines very well. Yeah. This is where the carving thing gets started. Yeah, so which is a, it's a big part of the movie. Yeah, it's a this thing where I guess the, in this scene in particular, he's asking about this carved wooden horse that uh, Andrew is the name of the android. Uh huh. And I think that that's Andrew really, Android. I think that's really. I think it. The reason they call him Andrew is because someone said like Android wrong in uh-huh. the beginning. I think that's where the name. Oh, that's fun. Anyways, he creates this like carved wooden horse for Little Miss, and the dad is asking him like, "Where did you figure this out? Like, what kind of schematic did you download to like get this horse? Or, you know, what did you think of?" And he says something to the to the degree of like, "Oh, I just like picked it up and I I made the most like optimal shape uh, for Little Miss." Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. I I thought that was a really great line. Yeah. Um. Because, like, on one hand, like, it's showing the budding signs of a real creative intelligence, uh-huh. but also the way that he described it made it seem, like, almost mechanical and, like, not a big deal. Right, yeah, not a big deal. Not a big deal yeah, is yeah, a great yeah. way to put it. Yeah. I had a constrained optimization problem, and I found the, the best way to make the shape to make and the, the girl so, the happy. The solution to that problem was a carved, perfect, like, beautiful piece of art. Uh-huh. Yeah. Which is also the same. It's like the glass piece that he broke earlier, which really upset the missus. Yeah, yeah, um, that's true. I forgot about that. So he did he, create he is, he a is new re- shape. He is replacing it. Yeah, uh-huh. it's a very subtle step forward. What we're describing this. in the absence of that glass thing that you just referenced would be way cooler. I think if it was like uh-huh. an original, like he wouldn't even know what a horse or that shape is. Exactly, exactly. Know? But he does. Well, look at this. Look at this scene. Oh yeah, he's got some giraffes and hippo- hippos. Uh-huh. Yeah. He very quickly uh, gets to the level of like legitimate creativity because yeah, he's like making yeah. all this furniture. He's yeah. not copying it, right? Yeah, original like original thought, right, is present in him for some reason. Uh huh. So creativity, like a lot of like the philosophy in this movie that I really like, um, like philosophy and sci-fi that I think it does well, um, like the idea of just like what makes a human, what defines our humanity. Is something that the movie grapples with because that's what the robot's going through. Yeah, there's literally like a uh, like a couple scenes in the, a court that's like trying to determine if he gets rights as a thing. Right, right. Yeah, a little um, a little on the nose for me, but still interesting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's very explicit. Uh, and this is kind of a precursor to that. The whole 
him being creative thing because he turns it into a business. He turns makes, it into a business. Makes furniture and sells it. Does that, really that, well, supposedly. Well, the, don't um, they imply later in the movie that he like that's the reason the family is doing super well, is because he's like so good at this furniture making thing, that it's making them like millions of dollars. Um, I'm not sure about that, but only up to a certain point. Because remember, eventually when he gets his freedom, uh, on that point afterwards, mm-hmm. wait, actually no, he he keeps all his money. Because like mm-hmm. when he tried to buy his freedom, what he was buying it with was all the money that he's made. Which is interesting because they always sort of just hint at it being absurd amounts of money, uh-huh. but they never speak in real terms. Right. They never speak in real dollars. They're always like, "Oh, this is like more than I make in a year." Yeah. And it's like, "Oh, th- no, this is just like one month for us." Uh-huh. And then he'll be like, "This is all the money that I have in the account," and you just see the actor like reacting to the check. You never like get a. It's sense. crazy. Yeah. Why? Why is furniture the furniture industry so lucrative for them? It seems that's like my little... biggest. That's my biggest problem with this movie. They're acting <laughs> like it's like, like a fucking like Mark Zuckerberg. It's like, like oil tech giant. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's like yeah. a big industry, like oil or tech, or military. Our furniture complex. is so good. It's akin to like uh, creating the next big tech startup. It's crazy. Yeah. It's like if like, he's like, oh, he's great at making lemonade. He like is such a good mixologist. And then they're like, that's a that's a real like capitalist take that this this movie has. Yeah, it's just like if you just work hard enough at like whatever it is you do, you will be like a gazillionaire. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. This movie is kind of like that a lot. Mm-hmm. But we're getting ahead of ourselves. Getting ahead. Um. Anyways, I had a point earlier that. The re- so later on in the movie he's advocating to like gain full personhood um and and get like all of the human rights that everybody else gets mm-hmm. um but earlier to this like is him just getting the right to the money from his own business there's like a conversation in the movie mm-hmm. where they're talking about like well where should the money of his stuff go and the dad who's like a little more traditional mm-hmm uh, with respects to robot attitudes, mm-hmm. traditional, like there is any other view. Mm-hmm. In the movie, it's like an old-fashioned way of being. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't want to give the robot the money. He's like, oh, obviously, that's our money, right? Mm-hmm. And then the daughter like defends him says, like, no, that should be Andrew's money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Step one in like... That's him, a step, yeah. Step one in him like coming to uh, uh-huh. his own rights and personhood. Right, right. Uh but they, it should be noted that the family is still rich without that. Yes. Like, they're still very well off. But it's not that... So you could use that as an argument to say that he's not a gazillionaire, Andrew. But, like, later on when he meet like, several time jumps in the future when he meets the other researcher who ultimately helps him get, like, the Robin Williams suit and skin mm-hmm. and organs and all that. He's like, I need someone to, like, fund my research. And Andrew's like, I'll fund your research. So seemingly just like a bottomless pit of, of money for, exactly for exactly at that point like able to fund research efforts that like revolutionize like the movie makes it seem like andrew is mainly responsible for like advancing the entire human yeah. race yeah. with medical advances and who knows like what kind of scientific breakthroughs right all on him right what do you think of the appearance of the android in this movie i love it I really like it. It's like C-3PO like meets Uncanny Valley to me, right? It's yeah. like it's kind of like a doll face. Uh-huh. Like the eyes are really big and the whites are really bright in the eyes. 
real sharp features. It's like a puppet. It looks like a puppet. I don't know. I find it like depending on the the moment, I find it interesting but also unsettling. Unsettling. Yeah. Yeah, I can definitely see that. It's definitely this definitely nestled in the uncanny valley. Mhm. Yeah. Maybe that's one of the reasons this is such a flop. Is that they like went too hard in that direction, <laughs> you know. AI is just a Haley Joel Osment, right? Just hey. like just a little kid. Cute little kid. You got the actor name. Yeah. Oh, that's what I thought you were asking earlier. I'm like trying to remember the actor's name. So, yeah, yeah, that was an important moment. We just had our first time jump. We went from uh them playing him and little miss playing yep. uh piano together. She's a little girl. She's showing him how to do a duet. I also noted at this part that it's it seems really well done like um as far as making it sound like it's a little girl learning how to play piano for the first time. Uh-huh. Which makes me just think it's real. Cuz I think it would be really hard to nail like if you were telling someone who knew how to play piano just like play it like kind of bad to make it sound like it's a it's like a child who like just doesn't really understand like rhythm. Uh-huh. Just like play it like that. Maybe that is easier than I'm making it out to be, but I just thought like, "Oh wow, that sounds exactly like just like a dumb kid like playing piano. I'll be fucked if that's not a <laughs> stupid fucking kid playing that piano right now. I think that's verbatim what Trevor said. Like... <laughs> Anyways, they're playing the piano together and then like the camera like turns around like while they're sitting on the bench and then like all of a sudden she's uh she's like an older woman, like 30s yeah. 30s woman. Sexually developed for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So as far as the movie is concerned, it's like romance <laughs> game, on. game on starting now. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a they they really put a pin in it because she gets up from the piano and like kisses him on the cheek. Uh-huh. There's like a big like smooch mark on his cheek. Uh-huh. And he looks kind of like bl- blush, I guess. He's like reacting. His like mouth is open. You know yeah, yeah, yeah. Like like a teenage boy. Yeah, like, like oh first my goodness kiss or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Very cute. Um yeah, and so that's the kind of affection that they've, you know, I like I said they fell in love with it when they were when she was a kid, but that's not really what I meant. That's just like when they kind of like bonded a little bit. Right. And that has just grown with age, you know, it's become more and more affectionate. Right. And at this stage it still plays as like fairly innocent. Innocent, like definitely non-sexual kind of almost sisterly affection yes yeah i'll agree with that but they do go there later on yes they They do do go there they do go there and it gets weirder because it's not even that person dude it gets so (laughs) weird so how far was that time jump like 16 years or something um it's like a 10 year old to like a uh like a 30 year old 20 years she's got to be in her 20s i think in her 20s yeah i don't know she looks like she's in her 30s to me Maybe that's me projecting for, like, my own selfish yeah, reasons. But, but also, like, the movie, you can't just go by the age of the person because, like, the the actors are also asked to, like, play many different ages. So. I feel like this is something I want to talk about. I feel like um, the further back in time you go with movies, the less they cared about, like, accurate, like, age representation. It's because they couldn't do a good job anyways. So why even care? You're I, not going to not I'm convinced. I'm convinced they just, like, cut corners because they were ultimately like people are going to see this in a theater and Uh not be able to tell super well and then they'll see it 
best case scenario in home video and no one will analyze it like mm-hmm. beyond that point so like we can get away with more now there's like there's special attention paid to how realistically does an actor represent the age that they are portraying uh-huh. because people will tell and they will like not like our movie because of it i mean it's certainly true that we do a better job of that nowadays yeah yeah, yeah we won't let details like that slide right but that's just kind of like uh, movies have just been in, in all ways have been less lenient to sloppiness over time. Uh, there's like, like the, the rise of the HD DVD. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause we have time, we have time and pixels to pick apart, but everything, like even like the level of acting mm-hmm. like needs to be at a certain threshold. That's true. It's a, just a high bar overall. Yeah. Yeah. Got to keep making them better for some reason. Uh huh. For some reason. So anyways, hey, we got weasel. We got ten years or twenty years. Oh, uh, and we've got the uh, punk sister still doing her same thing. Really look at cool. Look at that thing. Really cool vertical striped pants. Yeah, yeah. Love the fashion. Yeah, it does feel like um, this scene is interesting. Like the scenes outside the house, because it feels like a similar level of uh, sci-fi that AI is. Which makes sense because the movies are like that close when they came out. But it feels like it's the exact same technology exists in both movies. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? At this point? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah, the cars like, look similarly futuristic. Yeah. So if it, this is 20 years... But at the from... same time, like their kitchen, like even at this point, is still pretty 90s. While everything in AI has is, has crossed over into the chrome finish. Right. That we all know and love. <laughs> yeah. I do like it almost uh, adds a level of realism to this movie. The fact that their kitchen remains unchanged for so long. Uh-huh. So it's like, that's what you would do, right? Yes. You would have a, yes. a kitchen that was the same way for about 20 years uh-huh. before you did anything with it. Yeah. Basically like houses and interiors are always lag. Um, like just stylistically by like 20, 30 years. Yeah. Unless you're rich. Unless you're you rich. imagine like uh, being so rich that you just are able to keep up with that, like in real time. They're like, oh man, like, uh, like Ivory Kitchens is in now. I'm just gonna redo my kitchen because that's what's in style this year. Uh huh. You know, that's absurd. A hey, high risk, high reward, dude. The next year, Ivory's out. Right. right what yeah. do you do? What do you make of this guy? The like the boyfriend kind of looks like Ben Stiller to me. Okay, I was gonna say B.J. Novak. Okay. Little yeah, old, yeah. like meteor B.J. Novak. Yeah. Yeah. I get both of those. What happens to her? What happens to the wife? I feel like after a she, while, she's just not there. Yeah, I think she just kind of fades away because she's... What do you mean she, by that? Because <laughs> she, she's there when uh, the main character dies. Not the main character, the the dad or whatever. Ah, okay. Um, when he dies, the mom is there. She's old, but she's just hanging out. Uh-huh. And I don't think we ever see her after that. I think... The movie just kind of skips over her. Like at one wedding later on in the movie, it's like just the dad and the wife's never there. Did she pass on? Did they break up? Well, the dad dies first. Maybe they did break up. Yeah, yeah. Or are they sitting in like? Are they sitting in like uh, separate pews or something? At I don't a wedding. Know. And the thing was, like, at that point in the movie, I, I like kind of keep forgetting everybody's faces. Yeah, yeah. It's all a bunch of uh, pretty regular-looking, like, white people. Yeah. But also, like, the 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 two actresses that play the older and younger version of one set of 
people are literally the same actress. It gets confusing. Yeah. Which actually, like, they do on purpose, like, when uh, Robin Williams comes back and he thinks that the granddaughter that's played by the same actress as the old one. Right. He's, like, confused. Oh, he's all thumbs. Yeah, so, like, the uh, the original Little Miss, we'll say that, OG Little Miss, you know, she grows into adulthood their relationship continues to evolve uh her and uh andrews and then i believe sometime after this is when he decides he's he wants to be free he's gonna he's gonna go out and do his own thing and he does that for so long that little miss like ages into her like 70s or something and by that time little miss has been married had a child and a grandchild mm-hmm. like all of that happens like in a time jump yeah to where he comes back to the family home or whatever and he meets the granddaughter of little miss who is you know in her 20s or 30s whatever the age of the like sexually matured little miss <laughs> portion of the movie is so it's the same actress like probably like a 31 year old actress and he confuses her for uh, the original Little Miss. He f- meets the granddaughter. He doesn't have a concept of time, so he thinks that's just Little Miss. And then he meets the actual original one who is uh, in her 70s and is, like, really confused by the whole situation. Mm-hmm. And the reason that this is weird, because he's, like, what? now he's just, like, attracted to the granddaughter. Because, yeah, yeah, because yeah, yeah, he yeah, just yeah. he thinks it's the same person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think it makes him really come off like a weird hound dog. Yes. Like, he's, like, a, at a, a level of horniness and, and like, forwardness uh-huh. that's astounding for a robot. Yes. For emotionally immature robot. Well, actually, maybe it doesn't. Maybe it's not that awful. It is interesting, though, because in this movie, they they equate the whole, like, sexual forwardness to, like, just being in love. You know? It's uh-huh. just, like, it's this very innocent, like, yeah, that's just what in love people do you know they follow their heart they do the wrong thing is like what they say in the movie they're just so in love that they act like stupid a lot of the time yeah did they say that yeah yeah that's one of the lines towards the end where they're like you know the the essence of being human is like having a heart and like sometimes doing the wrong thing i think is the the line exactly this is great it's just like a little laminated piece of paper (laughs) that comes out of there Okay, so we got a wedding. Got a wedding scene here. This is the original Little Miss getting married. Here we go. Different pews. He's standing in front. She's standing behind. So separated. Possibly. Yeah. We're looking at a frame right now of the wedding that we were just talking about a moment ago. And it, it's a real subtle detail. I mean, I don't know if I'm supposed to interpret anything from that or if it's just the way they blocked the shot, but... but then the daughter's, like, in another pew. What the hell's going on here? Maybe it's... Maybe... The family's, like, not speaking to each other right now. <laughs> maybe, uh, I should know this as someone who's been to a lot of weddings, but maybe they're just lined up that way so they all have an equal view of the bride. The main people right. are on the edges. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that could be. The prime real estate is on the edge, so you can see them walk down the aisle. That's, that's true. Maybe that's it. I don't know. That's just a theory. I think that vest is a terrible. film theory. Film hole theory. You ever you ever watch that show on YouTube? The film theory, or yeah. like game theory was another one. Never have. They're not good. They're not good YouTube channels. Oh, this is important. Um, so 
the robot has acquired for himself using the funds from his entrepreneurial pursuits to buy himself a new face. Not Robin Williams, like, face. Because that comes later in the movie. Just a more articulate robot face with lips that kind of, like, move more close to human. Yeah, yeah. He wants to be able to express himself better, which is a foreshadowing because he only continues down that trend. Yeah. And it's interesting. um, Philosophy minute. (laughs) Like, Robin Williams... His main uh, strategy to become more human, which he desperately wants to do, like a Pinocchio-type archetype, which, again, like AI, come on, is yeah. to is to improve his, like, physical self, to make his physical self more like humans. But what really, like, what that fight in the later part of the movie with the little Mrs. granddaughter... Mm-hmm is like her yelling at him to just be more human mentally, like emotionally. Right. And so it's interesting that it's like, it's a little misguided Robin Williams path this whole time that he's trying to like improve himself and become more human. He's kind of like only moving tangentially, like sideways movements. Right. Yeah. 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 Uh, this hat, dude, both hats really in this scene. Look at the swimsuit. Yeah, it's like a. It looks like a fucking like painter jumpsuit. He's wearing a watch. They probably have waterproof watches by now. They've always had waterproof watches. Oh, okay. All right. What the fuck are we talking about? Philosophy oh, minute. Continuing down this trend of like making himself look like a human, while uh, David from AI is just trying to seem human, like emotionally or intellectually. He's trying to like be more of a lovable human. And, like, Robin Williams or Andrew is trying to, like, physically be a human. Uh-huh. That's actually... I'm glad you brought up AI. In my opinion, actually, the, the, AI, the AI kid doesn't understand how to be more human. Right. At all. I agree. Yes. Um. So he's just, like, throwing this Hail Mary pass on, like, essentially magic. Mm. Right? Like, this delusional quest to find a magical being that can just turn him into a human yeah robin williams is like a lot more like practical like he's actually like formed a strategy to make like make himself better i think that in the the universe of ai that like the reason that he doesn't understand how to be more human isn't because he's like not good ai but because his he's like child ai he's child they like say something in the movie about how he's like, oh, it makes sense that they modeled you after a child. Or like, oh, it, I understand this is difficult for you to understand. They uh-huh, like modeled uh-huh. you after a child. Yeah. His mind definitely is not like advanced. He's not intelligent. Right. Particularly intelligent. When Robin Williams really is. Right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but also, it's not easy to figure out how to become more human. <laughs> even for humans. Even as a human. <laughs> so it's not. It's also not surprising that it was like hard for that kid. Yeah, yeah. Like Jaylee Hall. Jelly Hole Almond? Jelly Hole Almond. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, Really quick, I just want to call out this hat in this beach scene of Bicentennial Man. Uh, The actress, the older version of Little Miss, has... Oh, the other hat, yeah. Has um, just the craziest, uh, like, sun beach hat you've ever seen. It looks like a King Cobra, like, hood. 
the back of it extends really far back it like touches her it's like a it's like a shoulders yeah it's like a garden hat as a mullet uh-huh you know business garden in the front and like party sombrero in the back and i really like it i appreciate that they're doing stuff like this that they keep updating subtle stuff like fashion yes yeah yeah and they do a lot less subtle stuff too as they advance but like i like to see this and andrew notably starts wearing clothes now oh wow it's at this point in the movie that he like really starts seeming like a thoughtful person yeah and they they sort of like um he's getting way more convincing yeah and they talk about how he lets uh like the family lets him read a lot of books and so he's just like starting to think for himself Uh and and he's just like reading a lot of enlightenment era literature right on like you know freedom and self-determination right uh these kind of like early american yeah it's great it's great yeah you get it you get it crossword puzzle on the ipad you can tell that that's just like a shitty fucking like box in that has like an led light inside it it's just like a miniaturized like newspaper article that they just put on this like plastic box that has an led or any light on the inside because you can see like the light like right here it's like more intense there's just Uh like a single light bulb under there and when he turns it off none of this goes away he just like mimes like it turning off it doesn't here here, go go, yeah yeah like he 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 says like oh turn turned off there (laughs) it turned the light off that's all it did yeah yeah see the light's off now but it's clearly the same it's just a project this cutout it's a sticker like on the front of this like light box Yeah, Yeah. yeah yeah terrible prop design not very imaginative no um anyways at this point yeah so because he's been reading all of this enlightenment literature some Locke, maybe some hawthorne maybe some walt whitman on the side you don't know his life um <laughs> he's like all interested in gaining freedom like he feels oppressed there's this whole like uh, like basically like slave narrative going throughout the whole movie yeah of him being in servitude and then finding like obtaining his freedom right that occurs and and like like the him like the question of whether or not he should get his own money like ties very directly to that yeah because like slaves were not allowed essentially to own property because they were thought of as property oh got the updated kitchen now updated kitchen uh but yeah even like when uh you know the father the patriarch of the movie like ultimately grants him freedom which i think in his mind you know he never considered Andrew a slave. He was just part of the, the family or whatever. Uh-huh. And for that reason, he has no problem, like, in his own convictions to tell Andrew, like, yeah, like, if you want to be free, like, go and be, go and be free. Like, whatever that means to you. He's like not, he, He's not sympathetic to Andrew's, like, need here for freedom. Like, he doesn't understand, really, his desire to be autonomous. Then why does he let him go? That's a good question, but he definitely takes offense. Like he was mad at him for 16 years for wanting to be free. In his mind, he thinks that he wants to leave. I, I, like that seems to be what he's convinced of. Yeah, he's like, I, I guess it would be like um, he's offended in any case. He's offended because he can cons- probably considered him part of the family, and if someone comes to you and says who. It's like if I came to you and was like, hey, man, I just want to be free of this friendship. Like, 
I feel like I've put in a lot of time and effort into this friendship, and I just I think it's time for me to like do my own thing. Okay. And you would respond with like, "What are you talking? This was a mutually agreed upon uh-huh. thing. Why are you Why are you saying that like you're oppressed right now?" Yeah, th- I think that explains his mindset very well. But importantly, this situation is not like that because right. Robin Williams is truly a slave to this guy. He yeah. literally owns him. Functionally. Not yeah. functionally, like legally, like in every sense. The same means, that's what I mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's a really strong thing that really runs through the entire movie, cult- culminating in, you know, the end spoiler of him getting that freedom, being finally fully recognized as, like, a person. It's cool. Very cool. It's a pretty inspiring, like, I gotta be honest, I was choking back tears. For what part? In the finale. When he's when he's old, or yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I, yeah, I think like the final scene when he finally got his personhood. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. Yeah, so it's a real heroic moment, but also not though because it's totally subverted by him just dying. Yeah, I don't understand why they made right, that choice right before it happens. Well, I guess just to make their argument here, um, what they say after that is like, oh, maybe he didn't need to hear it from them Mm -hmm. which i guess is them telling them that in the end like robin williams like found peace like he knows himself to be a person he didn't his loved ones know him to be a person he doesn't need that is a that is a theme they i think they literally say like why do you care about the approval of Uh like these other people right you know like you know that you're a person right um so that does make sense but it's more meaningful if he like recognizes that on his own the the trouble is that if you want to look at it as like a civil rights for AI sort of thing, that like AI kind of lived and died with Andrew. Right. Like he was the only person like himself and like uh and he died. There was only ever one version of that. What do you think of that? I like it as an idea. The civil rights aspect of it. I mean if you're like a if you're like that other robot and you're like, Oh man, like the girl robot that <laughs> you like play for a sex joke later remember her yeah like the the sassy one uh if you're like one of those and you're like watching andrew like show up at like the world congress i think is what it's called you're like fuck yeah dude like civil rights for robots uh-huh uh and then he dies but like he left a legacy of like he paved the way for like the rest of us you know? uh-huh. i think that but- would be a very cool <laughs> sequel idea yeah, but that like seeds. they they, ne- they never indicate though that like there's anyone else like Andrew. They do not. They do not. And I do like that idea that in every other like instance of like AI in movies, it's this like replicatable thing. It's like, oh yeah, we gave birth to AI, and also of course uh-huh. AI is omnipresent and like you can copy it and like make many different versions of it. Here, it is like a special thing that no one can figure out like how it works mm-hmm. it's this like like immaculately like manifesting thing yes that like no one knows like where it came from almost which, divine which is cool it's a little too religious for me i mean the whole movie has like religious undertones yeah but i like it and overtones if you <laughs> if you take uh if you if you take that part out of it though i do just like the mechanic of uh ai being this like scarce thing you know because it's not like that in every in any other movie that's true that is true that's why I think it's so special that this is a movie about a single AI mm-hmm. because it makes it so different from every other movie because like the ground rules of, because all the other movies, they're like 
sociological implications mm-hmm. of like this class of robot people and what does it mean for the rest of humanity and like the matrix it destroys like it destroys the world right but this is not a movie about that right it's a uh ai like the other movie like it's um tries to do something similar right where like david yes. david is like a he's an ai among many but he is special like he is more more believable as a human like when they meet him in the uh the flesh fair or whatever it's called uh-huh like the the 90s sitcom dad who's like the tech guy he's like that's impossible like you there's no way that you're like a real or like that you're a robot because you like look too real or you act too real or something Uh uh-huh so he's special in that way too but it's it still seems like a world uh evidenced by like some of the other ais where it is still a like robots like feeling things is not a uh a weird thing in that universe it's still prolific more than it is in this movie it is true. like robots in this movie are just like robots. They are not like these intelligent automatons like they are in AI. They're like literally a, a robot vacuum. And then there's Andrew who's like fully conscious. That is true. In AI, the movie In AI, the movie, they are definitely more intelligent and they're portrayed to be as more empathetic characters. Or like deserving of empathy mm-hmm. like gigolo joe at the end like his death scene being beamed up into the helicopter right he's like remember me so they're definitely embedded, right. imbued with more humanity than the robots in this one right um on purpose because it's it's meant to draw attention to the fact that like andrew is special uh-huh like he that whole not. idea earlier about how like wouldn't it be cool if this like andrew seeded a robot ai revolution uh-huh that is hinted at more strongly in ai where uh-huh. all of the conditions for that are like established that they're persecuted yes unjustly yes and that they're deserving of empathy because they're they're so scared you know so it's a it's a civil rights situation uh-huh. in in ai us as the viewers think there should be more civil rights in the movie ai because of the way they treat them right uh-huh. right in this movie there's only one dude who's really like deserving of that question like does this one right in in, in, uh, bicentennial right exactly and the rest of the robots are dumb enough that you um don't feel bad not considering them for the entire movie they appear to just be machines i like the uh skipping ahead a little bit when he does meet the girl android well first of all we want to say that filmo has coined the term mandroid Uh i'm not googling it because i believe that we came up with it first (laughs) <laughs> anyways the uh the girl android when he meets her she's this really like bubbly uh like funny silly like she dances and sings this very gregarious robot and he takes that to mean that she is special uh-huh but like you learn just like moments after you meet her that she just has a in quotes personality chip uh-huh and you said something about that how like They've basically faked consciousness with these uh, these other robots by having a personality chip. Something uh-huh. that like, but very superficial. Something that like passes a Turing test, maybe, but like not something that you can like uh, definitively say is like conscious or not. I think something that you can definitively say is not conscious. Well, no. What about that scene 
where the girl gets mad at the at the scientist guy well and like freaks out on him was that explained right afterwards to be something else yeah i I was actually really disappointed in that because what you're referring to is you see her as this like happy loud kind of singy songy uh robot and then at one point she gets like mad and she's and he's like what are you doing like why are you so mad Uh the researcher guy and she's like well i'm just doing all your bitch work like this sucks (laughs) i don't like doing this anymore and you you think at least i thought maybe i'm uh alone in thinking this but i took that to mean like oh she's evolving now like she's becoming more like andrew yeah of course yeah but watching it just a couple more minutes it made it seem like it was just a joke uh-huh. it was just a joke to because andrew says like oh i just swapped out her personality chip she's like more interesting now okay which sounds like he just made a more comp complex or nuanced chip for he, her personality but he like programmed an angry robot essentially right he didn't create consciousness or yeah, she yeah, didn't yeah, become yeah. conscious as a result of that okay and so it seemed like that whole her getting mad was just like, isn't it funny that the robot's like cussing at him now? Okay, yeah, that sounds right to me. Um, and so in that case, yeah, this movie definitely does not want you to consider the idea of other robots in this universe being conscious. Yeah, it's just about Andrew. Yeah. So the kitchen looks better now. Yeah. So we've jumped ahead another like twenty years or something. So the patriarch is in. Uh, he's in old age now this is like a real nice like subtle futuristic kitchen like if you actually look around and i like my favorite feature of this kitchen is that there's like a strip of like stainless steel that runs along like just the edge of the the countertops do you see that yeah right here you can you can see you can see it right here it's just like just like bent steel or aluminum that just runs around the perimeter of the the cabinets Uh uh-huh i hate the floor Floor I mean, is it bad. makes it look futuristic, but I yeah. do hate it. The floor is bad. I don't like the uh, stove, just because like black, like black glass appliances is very nineties. Like that's just straight up nineties. For whatever reason, they had not figured out stainless steel appliances in this future, <laughs> which wow. just like objectively look better. Stainless steel appliances. Yeah, I have the black glass finish on my my stoves. Oh yeah, and I'm very offended. <laughs> but you agree, that's like that's like a '90s stove, right there. Uh, I can't. I'm actually not sure, honestly. I just don't think I've like maybe paid too much attention to that. Okay. Uh huh. Like when I watch movies and stuff, I don't think I notice the kitchen. I just spend a lot of t- my time looking at real kitchens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Old and new. I think no. I think you're. Um, the fact that you're a homeowner is showing very much like in your the way you look at stuff around you uh what do you mean like i i don't look at adult like i don't look at kitchens um mm-hmm. i'm like really not into buildings as much as other people are Mm-hmm. yeah that is like a that is a trait that you acquire as a homeowner you acquire it quickly. as yeah it's as, an acquired trait and i've acquired it and i've acquired i robot had a really good like robot drawing scene Jill, for for context, uh, we just saw a frame where Andrew's drawing. Yeah. He's sketching. Uh, Yeah, it's like a... I remember that very distinctly how he had like two pens or pencils in either hand, the iRobot robot. And he just vibrated his hands like a... um, Like a printer. Like a printer. Yeah, 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 exactly. 
uh and that created like a perfect like impressionistic like perspectively accurate drawing i love that yeah i love that a robot would just be like of course i just go I, I scan through all Z coordinates and then uh, progressively, line by line, I build the image. Yeah, yeah. And what other ways are to do that? Right. Oh, another time jump right here. 16 years. Yeah, so this is at the point that uh, he had bought his freedom. The matriarch character, the grandpa, the father. Patriarch. Matriarch would be the woman. Ah, shit. Patriarch. Got mad. Like, upset. Mm-hmm. And... Like it, it speaks to that character as kind of being like in in the analysis of this movie where the parallels is like a slave freedom narrative. Mm-hmm. The father kind of plays like almost a southern plantation owner, very regal, but also like very set in his ways. Yeah, a little stubborn. A little stubborn. Yeah. Um, and the scene we're about to watch is him on his deathbed, only in the final moments of his life, like coming to the realization that he was being hard-headed mm-hmm. you know a dying man looking for peace and forgiveness uh I, I think this is a great scene this is one of the good ones this scene right here is the best and uh, and, and robin williams like uh, sorry just his <laughs> his response like he's a, he's been chilling at his beachside house for 16 years um with seemingly like no contact with the family Maybe with the daughter and stuff, I assume. But, yes. But, like, formerly he's, like, an estranged sibling who is no longer talking with the family unit. This is the most egregious uh, nothing has changed time jump for me. Yeah. Is this one right here. Because, <laughs> uh, yeah, he just he sets up the house. You see a shot of him in the house. And then you see a title card that says 16 years later. And he's still in the house. But here's the Just pay- doing the same shit. Here's the payback that really wins it over for me. This scene is that when the old man is dying and the daughter, little missus comes to get him to tell him. That's, that what, his, that's what we're seeing right now. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That his yeah. father has called for him. He says, it's finally, it's time. Mm-hmm. So this motherfucker has been waiting for like 16 years. Just for him to waiting. die. Yeah. Just waiting for him to die. No, no, no not waiting for him to die. <laughs> patiently waiting for his time to come back because in his mind like he never he hasn't been able to fully separate himself from that family mm-hmm. like when he goes he says like, like okay like whether you call or not i'll be here obediently and i'll be that's waiting right. for you and that's, that's right. what he's been doing yep kind of like a dog you know yeah i mean that, i think that's kind of what they're modeling like this yeah behavior off of. yeah similar yeah uh really quick i just want to talk about his house I know we were just talking about how I'm a homeowner. Hey, and sure, talk about, sure. Talk about buildings, but I want to talk about uh, Andrew's house because I find it really interesting. God, it's tasteful. I hate this stained data, glass I hate this windows. Data moshing thing. Uh, yeah. So notably about this house, I think is that it's like not insulated at all. It's uh-huh, like not, uh-huh, uh-huh. and that seems like a like an intentional detail, right? Because uh-huh. he's you know he's not a person. He right. doesn't need insulation. He's no bas- no plumbing, no plumbing, no, no electricity, no electricity. Maybe some electricity. Just he's a charge, just a charge tools. up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's like uh, an expert craftsman. They have established that at this point, and uh-huh. so like the house is all handmade, and all all of the windows are stained glass. So, I would just assume it's based on the character that he also figured out how to do glass work or something uh-huh. at one point and he did all that himself i think so like you can assume like he's made dressers and like you know cabinets and stuff with glass and stuff mm-hmm. you know yeah 
He's an artisan. An artisan. This is like honestly kind of my dream is to just live in this like wooden house and just make beautiful like wooden things all day <laughs> and it, get paid gazillions of dollars to do yeah. it. And it's on a beach. <laughs> Andrew's a, a great woodworker. And yeah. It's time for the patriarch to die. He's a pinnacle of masculinity. And, and honestly, like the joke about how this furniture maker guy can make your house he can make your furniture he can he it, it plays to the to like robin williams character's benefit like you have confidence in this robot he is a competent robot he's the breadwinner carpenter robot it gives you a lot of confidence in him yeah just as a person mm-hmm. the fact that he can make his own money that he's uh skilled good stuff yes yeah i really like how his um his head is transparent. That's like a real like '90s and 2000s thing. Is like transparent casing to show like uh, gears and circuits. Oh, uh, there on the side. Yeah, yeah. Like I think in this scene, like this dude is supposed to be like fucking 95 years old, and he looks like he's, I don't know, like 70. That hand looks good, though. The I think hands, that's a real old person's hand. The hands look good. Yeah, there's like a later scene where it's him and the old, like the granddaughter, Little Miss, when they get old together. There's a scene of them like grasping hands, and they look, mm. they look real. Uh-huh. Makes me believe that they're just real old people hands. Uh, that's what I would do. This is a fun scene too, just like the 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 son mother dynamic, like a kid that I don't even like. I have no idea who this kid is yeah and they never they never set it up it's the kids uh there's only one kid that's ever good in the movie and it's like the original little miss little misses yeah Yeah. never missed never missed but uh yeah every other kid that you see like the older sister and then this guy they all suck and they make it a point to show you that they suck yeah this kid thinks that kids these days are brats yeah (laughs) except for the one good one (laughs) yeah 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 who gets married in the church that's right yeah that's that is a good like argument for in uh in service of this movie being like kind of christian like there being some like christian uh themes in here yeah yeah i mean yeah not dogging on it but just that's it it does come through in a lot of places like even in the ways that like like the the whole thing about him starting a business and making money like to me seems like very like rooted in christian morals uh-huh puritan like work ethics you know like what makes a man it's his trade it's like being a hard right. worker it's being jesus was a carpenter jesus christ dude yes yeah, yeah. yes yeah, yeah. <laughs> of course yeah yeah of course wow that is not a coincidence, dude. No, probably not. No, it not. isn't. Probably not. Mega Golden Gate. No, I think that's, <laughs> that's a really good point. Uh, Ge- Go back, dude. It was like genetically modified. Uh, These are like mega bananas. Wow. New York. Skywalk with the two towers. Important detail here. In this movie, like the two towers are still standing. Obviously, it's like 1999. Yeah. Um. But the newest addition to them is that they have, like, skywalks between them now. You can get to either tower, like, in the middle of the towers. Great. Do you love yeah. skywalks as much as I do? Because I think they're I think they're fantastic. Super, I think they're really cool. Yep. I love being in them. 
Then there's whole, this whole like walking through the wilderness. These shots, like these shots of the, him walking through the wilderness, is like two locations, like in like Utah and Arizona. They probably like increased the budget of the movie like unnecessarily. Like we're gonna put two shots in here of him in the desert. It's gonna be like two hundred thousand dollars in our budget. I we're introduced to the uh... man. I love it when uh, movies take place in San Francisco. I kind of like want to get like a list together of great San Francisco movies mm-hmm. and like maybe binge that a little bit. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, Big Trouble in Little China. Mm-hmm. I've never seen that one. Have you? No, no, it's going on my list. I mean, it's like a parody of like action heroes, right? Like a John Carpenter, like action hero. Not a parody, but like, but like an exaggeration of uh-huh. that of that genre, as told yeah. to you by John Carpenter. Who's the main guy? It's Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell, that's right. His guy. That's John uh-huh. Carpenter's guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I want to see it too. And like the the imagery is like very iconic too. It's like mm-hmm. the mullet with like the tank top. It's like got the maybe the first time I saw that like new kind of retro wave look with like the stripe, like the stripey look that you see on like eighties. Anything that's like retro eighties, like stylized, it's like the chrome letters and like the grid ground mm-hmm. uh, and like the pink, like cursive font. But that movie, like Big Trouble Little China, is like what I associate as like the original version of that. Uh-huh. Like it's like what um, Kung Fury is, but like for real. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, see. Yeah. The, the hyper eighties yeah. aesthetic. Hyper, like kind of cool. It gets a specific type of eighties, uh-huh. like cool eighties or whatever you want to call it. chrome eighties. Uh-huh. Uh. Anyways, why are we talking about the Big Trouble Little China? San Francisco, San Francisco movies. Yeah. yeah. So this is like a this scene where he meets the uh, the girl robot. Like she's supposed to be like sexy here, right? Uh huh. Like the shot of there's like a close up shot of her like pelvis, like when she hits her like dance button or whatever, and she like goes into dance mode, and then it's a reaction shot of Robin Williams with his mouth like on the floor. Uh huh. Uh huh. He's like, oh my god, this is like the hottest robot I've ever seen. That's yeah, what the scene yeah. implies, right? Exactly. That was a little more like uh, rubbery than I thought it would be. The his face. I feel like that's just a product of like the the costume design on these things. Uh, they're just sort of like painted to look metal, but they're all just like plastic and rubber. They weren't very good at like faking the materials for this movie. I think like he looks like he's made out of plastic to me. He doesn't look like he's made out of like titanium. He looks like a movie prop to me. You know what I mean? But this is supposed to be like the, the high tech articulated face. Yeah. I just, I'm just talking about the suits in general, uh-huh. like in the whole movie. Uh, okay. They don't look particularly like androidy to me. I'd love to see a behind the scenes of this movie. Just as far as, um, you know, whatever makeup or props. I assume that the, uh, the face. I fucking hated this scene right here. The, let's dig into it. Tell me why. Tell me what the scene is and why. Um. So yeah. So he's just met this like dancing erotic female robot, and like right off the bat, there's this like tense. Uh, they're like face to face with one another, and they're just getting like progressively closer. It's like kind of like uh, overt, like sexual energy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Overt is an understatement, and you don't like it because. It's just like too fast and not earned. Yes, but I I think the whole movie is unearned. Like when it comes to well, like the, the way that it's uh, 
talking about like love and attraction and all that jazz. It doesn't do any of the work. No one does any of the work. No. And like especially the fact that like like the original little missus that he falls in love with dies and then ends up with his granddaughter. Like he just transfers the affection from one to the other. Yeah. And that's not very human. No. I mean the movie kind of plays it they say something about fucking genetics. Did you catch that? Like the grand like the grandma says the reason that the dot the granddaughter looks like me is because she has like these genetic traits uh-huh. of mine that sometimes skip a generation. Skip a generation. Yeah. And so that almost implies like, oh, she's like the same person as me. You know? Like it's cool you missed out on me, but like here's my clone, essentially. She's got all the same stuff that I do. Yeah. She's they, good to go. They do does do some service to like at first the granddaughter doesn't like him. And they do yeah. have a, a progression of her coming to like him and then fall in love with him. Mm-hmm. But still, like, what he's doing is just transferring his love from one to the other. Yeah. In this very, like, unhealthy way. Yeah. Very. You want to talk about unearned. Almost almost unearned. like like a rich bachelor who just, con- like a Leonardo DiCaprio that just continuously yeah. goes from young girlfriend to young girlfriend. Yes. Uh-huh. That's what it feels like. Yes, agree. Very shallow. Uh-huh. That's that's better evidence for him not getting it at all. He is not really like this real thoughtful, uh, wise, conscious, new type of life. Yeah. Well, He's just I, some schmuck. I thought that could be done better, but... Yeah. Yeah. And we meet the, uh, the son, if I recall correctly. This is the son of the guy who plays Fuchs. Like, the... the the guy who owns the robotics company is that so who like keeps asking to disassemble andrew uh-huh i'm pretty sure that that's what it is ah. and that that company like went under or like you know stopped that's why there are all these like robot carcasses in the in his workshop uh-huh he's like that company went under and he started up this like repair shop this just like kind of locally owned like small repair shop for robots uh-huh and that's what he runs now. Like the family's really come down in society, uh huh. Because like they never got to disassemble Andrew and like crack the code or whatever. Wow. Yeah, I I think I missed a lot of that. I think I think that's what's going on. That makes sense because he does. I mean, they're very clearly like I didn't know. Um, I was out of the loop in this scene where he's describing who his father was. Mm-hmm. Like I couldn't remember who in the movie they were talking about, but yeah, it's definitely Fuchs. I think so. Yeah. Uh huh. No, that's really cool. Uh, and this is where we learn about like, oh, this guy's like working on these like bio cybernetic things, right? Uh-huh. Like, looks like real human tissue, or maybe it is real human. I don't know, but making like anatomically correct like android parts, very kind of kind of graphic, like uh, Inspector Gadget level graphic. Yeah, where you're seeing like dismembered feet, and we're looking at like just some gums with teeth not attached to yeah, the face. Yeah, the shot we're looking at right now is <laughs> gruesome. Yeah. It got wires and electrodes and shit coming out of it. I, I oh, really like dismembered that. Dismembered arms and legs. Gosh. And yeah. I, I really like the fact that, like, he's Fuke's son um, because it plays to this progression of Robin Williams from, like, beginning to end where at beginning, like, he's he's not self-sufficient. He's not free. He's a slave, and at the end, he becomes a free man. He has dignity. He's intelligent. You know, he, mm-hmm. he's like a pinnacle of humanity. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so it's cool that like, you know, in the beginning, this guy's dad was very antagonistic towards him. Yeah. And then with enough time passed, like this guy is fully helping him fully being like supported by him. Yeah. Like this guy, his progression is top notch. The, 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 the robots. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like by the end, like he is like a God. He's like a Dr. Manhattan type person to the world similar yeah. yeah and then he purposely makes himself not that which is great how poetic yeah. is that yeah um i guess just to explain it is that they link these two link up they start developing this kind of bio cybernetic series of products uh-huh. if you want to call it that which essentially allows Andrew to slowly but surely like augment himself into like a real or pretty close to real biological human. Pretty close to real. He gets organs. Like, he gets organs. He gets skin. All artificial, but like you know, good enough. He gains a central nervous system, which was a whole system. stage in the movie. Like first looking like a human, and then actually like feeling like a human, tasting, eating, yeah. actually digesting food. Yeah to power himself right he makes like he literally it's uh it's odysseus ship this is another great like philosophy sci-fi inclusion in the movie Mm -hmm. is that he's a representation of the odysseus ship which is that philosophy thought experiment of uh you know you start with somebody's ship and you replace a part one by one right um at At what what point point is it a different thing and and he gets like literally as close to a human as you can Mm -hmm. with his series of transformations Mm-hmm. Uh, to really bring that into question. Uh, and it culminates with him, you know, uh, making a case for himself in front of the government of the world to grant him human rights, and they deny it to him. Right. At yeah. first. Yeah. They basically say... Um, it is funny, though, because it is, like, the the people who... Because he does it twice, right? He comes to the World Congress, which I think is just funny by itself. Uh-huh. It's like the... It's just like the it's like the U.S. Congress, but just applied to the world. Uh-huh. It's like in Futurama when like uh, the president is just like the president of Earth. It's just like the American government like colonized the rest of the planet, you know. Or it could just be like the U.N. has like. Sure, but I like become... thinking. I like thinking about it as like the American uh, political system just overthinking <laughs> the whole world. I think that's funnier. Uh-huh. Anyways, they do. Uh, they show him getting denied rights once, and that's by like a white old man, a uh, member of the Congress. Uh huh. You know, he's like, "You are like it's unnatural." Essentially, is what he says, right? Like, you're no, not. Oh, a- he he's not that antagonistic. He's he, actually he's quite fair and like even handed. He's fair, yeah, yeah. Anyways, the when they when he does get rights, it's like presented to him like through this like uh, young, like black woman. Uh huh. Like the symbol of like uh conservatism and then like the symbol of like liberalism like is yeah, it represented yeah. in a, a person in a government that's i didn't even think of that yeah. yeah and like basically the reason that they changed their mind and gave him humanhood is that robin williams made the ultimate sacrifice to of... make himself mortal uh-huh because that was the main issue from the first guy it's like we can't treat you as a human if you're not gonna die human yeah although th- this bothers me because like later on in the movie um they make it seem as if humans are now practically immortal through the technology that um, andrew created right are immortal 
That's what it seems like because um, there's a scene where his wife uh, says, like, I'm not going to be around forever. And Andrew is like, well, why not? Um, yeah. You have the artificial organs. And she basically has to explain um, uh, how I don't believe in that. That's not natural. I want to die. Like, is that I'm what it is? Or, or I thought, like, I thought she was just saying, yeah, like, tech, like medical technology is way better now because of everything you've done. But, like, eventually I'm still going to die. You know, like, you can't beat mortality. You can just prolong it. That, I, I, I remember her I saying, like, very explicitly, like, to his technology, she's like, I don't want to do that. Okay. She's like, I deny that. It's It was like a, it's, it was a choice. It wasn't like uh-huh. a, you're just prolonging the inevitable. She was like, I want to die uh-huh. at some point. Which that's super like Christian minded, conservative Christian minded. Right. If you're preventing this. yourself from going to heaven, like you should, you, it's a, it's immoral as a Christian to be immortal uh-huh. <laughs> because uh, you can't get to heaven. Right. Or um, everybody. I didn't, needs I didn't think to die. of it that way. I just thought about like think in vitro fertilization. Like a Christian would just say, "Yeah, I know we can do that, but like I'm not going to." Uh-huh. Or abortion, right? I know we right. can do that and it's possible, but I don't believe in it. Right. That's basically like the point of view she takes. Right. Um, and that's what I think happened. I, I need to rewatch it actually. But it's weird that if if that's the case, then that kind of undermines like the original guys yeah i think i think that people still die that's my theory just Mm -hmm. because if he chose to become if 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 that was the case if he was immortal then it wouldn't like matter to everybody else if everybody else was immortal right at the very least his wife was refusing to extend her life yeah significantly possibly by yeah possibly how long is this movie two hours 11 minutes it accomplishes a lot this scene right here is so gnarly man i uh had a very visceral reaction to this are these reverse shots possibly uh-huh yeah yeah yeah. i didn't even think about they that. started with a more formed face and then he like messed it up and then they well it's it, it oh, these shots right here they just look so uncanny it's like uh uh disturbing oh, with yeah. the capital d oh yeah Oh God! <laughs> Look at that. Then, then that's a real face now. Seemingly, or it's just like a really good like latex uh, like cast or I something. I want to see. I want to know how they did this. I want the behind the scenes on that. Yeah, but it's just like, and they they, they do a lot of cutting back and forth uh, to contextualize this for the listener. Uh, we've got like a a cyber skull, right? That's on like a mount, just like a metal skull. And the the researcher doctor who's helping out Andrew has this like malleable bit of like clay rubber flubbery substance. Yeah, yeah. And he throws it on the skull, and he's like, "I'm gonna." <laughs> he just like with his own bare hands like morphs the face of Robin Williams. Uh-huh. <laughs> he's like, in addition to being this great like uh, technology guy, he's also just this very talented artist when it comes to like sculpting, like three mm-hmm. D sculpting. Uh, and I love what he's saying about how he's like explaining to Andrew how you want imperfections. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And how like that makes you more human, like the things that make you unique make you more human. Mm-hmm. That's a nice family-friendly message. Yeah, agreed. Uh, but anyways, this uh, this cutting back and forth of him talking about that stuff and then you seeing the face as it's being sculpted, just, I don't know, I'm trying to get to that. Yeah. Wow. 
it just uh, look it looks so goddamn real like the way that uh it's shot it looks like it's a real robin williams real face like right there like on that uh skull he peels his face off his like original sort of metal face that's... And then sees himself in the mirror, like with the exposed like circuits and everything. Yeah. That's and, the funniest joke of the whole movie. Yeah, freaks out. But it's also like just the quality of Robin Williams' scream. I think like adds to the comedy there. It's a, it's a. Ah! You, if you heard Robin Williams' scream isolated from everything else, you would be able to identify it as Robin Williams. Yeah, and there's something funny about that. All right. Oh, that's cool. They like print on the flesh kind of forgot about that nice it's like a 3d printing pen i love this because this is this is like it's realish technology like have you seen those like 3d pens you can like write whoa hair transplants yeah man they were able to get away with so much just like gory stuff in the 90s just because it was like robot flesh Uh uh-huh you know yeah 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 but it's like you just look at it that's like very gruesome uh-huh. Uh-huh. It doesn't matter if it's supposed to be a robot or not. Yeah, AI plays that to really nice effect mm-hmm. with like the the uh, that weird like Colosseum robot genocide scene. Very nice effects here. Very good looking. Very good looking. I would like a behind the scenes on this actually. Zoolander, incredibly good looking. <laughs> Ridiculously incredibly good looking. It's a single take. That's what's the, that's what's like super impressive about it. Uh-huh. Is that the head goes from back there to right there and it's like it's really him Mm -hmm. there's no cut in between yeah i love that the movie took more than halfway of the whole runtime to get robin williams's real face into the movie i think that's like yeah 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 Yeah. we talked about this a lot we're like you think robin williams is the guy in the suit though in the rest of the movie (sighs) that's a question do you want to look it up (sighs) yep it's him He's in the suit. Wow. Oh, yeah. The, this director did Mrs. Doubtfire. Ah. That's like the mo- that's one of the other notable ones. That's right. That did also have a lot of makeup. This is the guy. I can't believe this guy's name is Chris Columbus. Yeah. This guy's British? Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't have any pants on. Dude, there's, there's really some scenes where the dad's accent slips. I thought he was supposed to be British in the movie. Oh, are you serious? I think so. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm making stuff up. Huh. That would explain, like, yeah, my observations. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the guy is, like, really not good at an American accent. He sounds British the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> it's like he's not even trying. <laughs> Another British person. Yeah, and the, she was listed as Little Miss. Oh. So, like, it seems like we might have not ever gotten that character's name. Huh. What are they going to say about this? Of course they would put that in the trailer I or know. whatever this is. It's a real winner. Yeah, yeah what is this? This is great. It's like a little five-minute BTS featurette. Looks like Porsche after the car. His version of an insult is like likening somebody's face to like a dumb piece of technology. Older technology. That was a fun, playful little little thing. Anyways, should we finish this up? What do you think? We talked about the ending enough already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We haven't really held back on that. Let's see if we like speed through here see if we get any more insights these are nice shots you really get a nice appreciation for cinematography from speeding it up like this because you get get the whole scene like kind of condensed it's all like mike rumble right there yeah here's the here's where things get weird this is when he decides like all right 
So the the original one that I was in love with is old now, and that's gross. So I'm just gonna like, I'm gonna find myself interested in the granddaughter now. Yeah, isn't that like just exactly as I said, like an old yeah. man? Yeah, yeah, that's gross. And there's a, this dog shows up. I forgot about that. There's like a dog who like becomes his companion. Just randomly like that? Yeah, I, I missed that the first time. Yeah, like, yeah. Where does yeah. dog come from? Yeah, he just shows up. I mean, I assume it's just supposed to be more evidence of his like humanity building but this dog does just come out of nowhere ah yeah yeah that does not that does play nicely into that like now he has gotten a you know subservient type species yeah to go underneath him he's he's going up in the in the in the hierarchy yes he's what it means to be human yeah yeah this is where they're talking about like yeah what it means to be human like cool. having a heart doing the wrong thing blah 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 oh now we're um original original little miss is dying now that's where we're at mm. and we're in this like the 2001 a space odyssey hospital <laughs> <laughs> all white yeah this scene oh, we commented on it last night i think stacy did too where it's like a little miss dies grandma the granddaughter is also there and she's sad and he's like man doesn't it really suck that you can cry and i can't like he makes it all about himself uh-huh. immediately after she dies all of us like drew attention to that. We're like it's such a selfish thing. Yeah. And he's supposed to like the whole movie is supposed to be being promoted as this very selfless, like idealistic type of person. But in that moment, he's very uh, man. Like I'm having a wor- I'm having a bad time. Like this isn't fair. Yeah. In a way, he's being very human. Yeah, he's kinda, that's fair. He's that being is fair. he's being selfish. He's like hurt. Um, he feels like this like super unfair. Mm-hmm. Yeah yeah almost like a moment of growth really yeah 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 but in the moment it doesn't absolve him of the sin though no you still like get mad at him at that moment hey but the very fact that we can like assign blame to him is like steps in the right direction yeah for sure there you go buddy yeah because he struggles with negative emotions a lot in this movie he's too good Mm -hmm. he's too doting he's too generous with his time and can't say no right does he ever end up saying no to anybody? That's a good question. Because, like, Stacy made the point yeah, that, like, that's a good question. when he wanted to buy his freedom, he wanted to just continue being their servant. Mm-hmm. And, like, she made the point that that's, like, really unsatisfying because he's not really exercising his freedom. Right. And if he's unable to exercise his freedom because he's not human enough, then, you know, he can't really escape being a slave. Right. If he, if he can't rise up to claim his humanity. It is interesting because it's like we've been talking about their whole relationship, like him and the granddaughter's relationship as like transgressive. Uh-huh. But like that is evidence for exactly what he's trying to do is become a human and humans are inherently kind of scummy, uh-huh. you know? So like, yeah, if he's going to like hook up with the granddaughter because that's his like primal desire yeah he's certainly more human for it yeah you like that yeah right on right on he acquires these like character flaws yes you know yes and it's a good thing it's sort of like in you know uh like a, a regular movie where the hero is supposed to you know transform to become like a better version of him or herself uh-huh. by the end this movie like the goal is the opposite uh-huh. the guy is trying to become worse uh-huh. because that's what it means to be he human. ends up being just like a grumpy old guy who like goes yeah. to like city committee <laughs> meetings too much and like complains about shit 
Uh, it's like, I told you to get that streetlight repaired months ago. <laughs> Real Inspector gadget here. Yeah. Yeah. Turns into just kind of like a rom-com at this point. When Robin Williams shows up as like the guy, it becomes like just full on like 90s rom-com. I, I gotta say. It's I'll, less sci-fi now. Yeah. And I had scored this part of the movie maybe not as high. Yeah. I like the ending. I, I like like the last part of it with the Congress and um, yeah, like this, this stuff guy. I think is great. He has some great monologues to the Congress, I think. <laughs> Yes. I commented on this, like the, the World Congress last night as being interesting because it's not, it, it is not like completely unruly. Uh-huh. How like our modern government is. Uh, not just a shit show like our government is. Right, like everybody's right. very put together. It's like the idealistic version of what future government would look like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's not that certainly not now. and the whole world seems united too like th- there doesn't seem to be any war or anything no no everything is like perfectly stable everybody's got the the humanity's got its shit together yes yeah yeah no major conflicts it's only in that world do like we have the luxury of like questioning the the rights of like ai you know it's like we don't have anything else going on so we're gonna make ai like talk about it <laughs> should we give our toasters human rights i like i also think like the world congress had to come off as very fair and impartial yeah so that like the philo- philosophical themes that run through it can come out cleaner right he makes it as like you know it's the same question as animal rights you know in a lot of ways like, mm-hmm. what rights do we afford animals? Mm-hmm. And we always bump up against, you know, the fact that they're just not human and they can't think and they to can't... To what degree are they, like, conscious like we are? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's certainly, like, a difficult question, for this sure. Guy, this is, like, the worst aging in the whole movie. Uh, like... His age, is, like, this age is, like, in his 90s and then this is, like, in his this is 60s. The, this is the research guy from earlier. Yeah. We, like, jumped ahead, like, what? Like, 50 years or something. Mm-hmm once more yeah he looks terrible it's also interesting how like not hateful the humans are hey hey there's the uh oh okay what what were you gonna say that there's the future president of this organization but no that we are in the future where she is the president like i thought i thought i saw her like in the background and she got promoted in a future scene yeah let's talk a little bit about this part right here where it's after he has decided okay they didn't grant me rights because i'm basically immortal in that makes me functionally not human. And so I'm going to make myself mortal. I'm going to make it so I can die. Uh-huh. Uh, also motivated by his wife telling him that she's going to die and him saying that, like, right. I don't know what I'm going to do without you. Right. Yeah, yeah. So it's sweet in that way. Yeah, more it's kind of More sweet. of a love story rom-com thing. I'm going to die. It's a little if deeper, you're, yeah. If you're, if, if you're going to die. And the, the way he does it, I think, is kind of interesting. They just kind of, like, replace his blood that's what they make it seem like they're like we're gonna put human blood in you i didn't catch it and that's like well. that's how you're gonna die they did something is that what it was it's it, i want to say it's almost that simple huh yeah they're like we're gonna put human blood in you okay they uh, just like turned off the switch that like makes you immortal speaking of big dumb switches you talk about like the <laughs> ending of this movie sure so uh to wrap to wrap this whole like movie up you um he comes before the World Congress and he's like, "Hey, I'm uh, I'm old and dying now. 
I think I'm more human for that reason. And I'd like to have, I'd like to be recognized as a person. And I'd like, we should say too, this whole pursuit of acquiring rights wasn't for some like humanitarian purpose, but it was because he wanted to marry Portia. Remember? Yeah. We keep talking about this guy like paving the way for like civil rights for androids, but really it's just like he's all horned up. He just like wants to marry this girl that he likes. That's true. I, I mean, I think it's both. It can be both. His sure. sexuality, like, is inseparable from like the rest of. Not unlike movie. a human. Sure. You know? Yeah, I yeah. think so. Mm-hmm. I, I actually think that's that's right on. Um, mm-hmm. But it also like touches. It's like it got a nice parallel to like gay rights. Sure. Yeah. And their right to marry. Uh-huh. And it also does go back to like the deeper topic of just human dignity, of being allowed. It's again, it goes back to freedom. Like he wants to be able to live his life the way he wants to. Right. And even though like he doesn't need the approval of this Congress to be an authentic person, Mm -hmm. he still wants it. Yep. So the world Congress says, all right, like you're, you're dying now. That's cool. Uh, we'll think about it. Yeah. We'll We'll, think about it. We'll think about it. Uh huh. Uh, they're like, we'll see what we can do, but like, no promises, yeah. dude. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll talk to my manager. Fast forward to him and his uh, granddaughter, child bride, whatever you want to call it, are <laughs> on their deathbeds together, seemingly. They're like immobile. They yeah, have they a, timed it out just right. Yeah, they have a nurse taking care of him, taking care of them. The there's like a news broadcast or something that comes on, or like a like a state. It's almost like state media. Like, it's not like this weird, like, news thing that they tune into. It's like the TV turns on, and it is the president of the world who's like, I have an announcement, Uh which is not unlike how, like, Russian TV works, right? Mm -hmm. It's just, like, state-moderated TV, which is, I bring it up because it's evidence for, like, that weird Christian state that we were describing at one point. Remember that? Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. Like, how in this universe, we have the theory that Christianity, like, like dominated everything and from a christian perspective that advanced the human race even further okay yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. uh so the, that was the, more of like a like a crazy little side theory i'm not sure like i like how much evidence... i like that conspiracy theory though it okay. makes it makes the movie a lot more like flavorful for me. <laughs> like uh, starship troopers right it is like starship right, yeah, 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 yeah that's totally. like essentially yeah totally basically like fascist country but anyways uh tv comes on president's like hey we made a decision andrew he's the he's this android at this moment andrew died (laughs) (laughs) okay listen up everybody yeah it is like it is kind of early in her announcement that that he dies and why did it the medical stuff pick that up i was thinking that too yeah yeah, the no alarm this guy just fucking died on your watch yeah like the nurse has to go up and manually check his pulse yeah, yeah, when they're yeah, yeah, like yeah, hooked yeah. up to a bunch of medical equipment, seemingly you're not. You're telling me not. You're telling me not one of those things is an EKG monitor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh shit, he had it on silent. Anyways, uh, yeah, Andrew dies right before he is granted rights as a person, mm-hmm. uh, and they validated his marriage to uh, Little Miss Two, Volume Two, and. Uh, and then she, like, you know, she watches the announcement. She's really happy, and she leans over to Andrew and says, like, hey, like, 
this crazy, right? Like we did it. Like we're married now or whatever. Uh, and he's dead. Terrible. He died five minutes ago. <laughs> I think that's like, it's, it's so early that it's like kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> like he hasn't been listening for most of this. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's almost like a joke. Mm-hmm. Like that you would see on like a raunchy sitcom. Like it's, and it's always sunny where it's like, Oh, actually she's been dead for like 12 minutes. Like, oh, <laughs> okay yeah 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 it is totally throw her body out the window then so that uh results in one of the bigger laugh lines that you and i got which was as soon as a little miss two realizes that that he's dead she leans to the nurse and says hey unplug me (laughs) (laughs) turn me off do would you mind unplugging me just fucking kill me i think is what i said it's like, all right, okay, so can you just fucking put me out of my misery? <laughs> you know, I guess it could, you know, we don't do that now. The like, last... That's not how it works in the modern world. Yeah. Euthanasia is still like a very in this country. Thing. In this country, uh, it is very taboo. Uh-huh. Yeah. Although I think there have been some, like, advancements on that front. I yeah. I think there are some places you can go. Surely. And also in this society, it's weird, though, because it's like... <laughs> We're talking about these, like, Christian undertones, but, like, this society is also, like, very permissible to assisted suicide, you know? Yeah. Whereas, like, Christians are generally, like, pretty opposed to suicide Mm -hmm. because that's, like, it, I don't know, invalidates your salvation or something. Right, right. I don't think this movie is overtly Christian as a guiding principle. I just think that coincidentally some Christian iconography and maybe some um just worldviews yeah uh that were just taken as a baseline you know two decades ago just kind of yes permeated through it yes yes that's a Uh that's a great way to put it like like the fact that that like all the marriages are just like done like in a church in a big right yeah yeah very by the books like 90s just that's this is how we exist Uh that's how we live but my ultimate like end goal there was to talk about the last line where she's like, I'll see you soon. That's right. huge too. That's yeah. huge. I'll see you soon. Meaning couple, that she's going to die. A couple things to unpack there. Yeah. Lots of things to unpack. Cause that, that is, first of all, the movie like consistent with weird, what we were just saying is it's like acknowledging uh like an afterlife or the soul or like that's like one of the things of uh pieces of hope that you can take away Uh is that there is something that happens and and you will see your loved ones again Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and in addition to that andrew is now included in that he has a soul like ai whatever it is like is a soul and like you will see it exactly whatever that afterlife is yeah um well i mean that's what the movie thought it was doing um which which it does do just like the idea that like he's been granted a soul right by this part of the movie yeah right Um, before the government granted it to him right (laughs) (laughs) it was god and then the government just like five minutes later yeah i mean yeah you gotta fill out some paperwork you gotta like get an fj14 (laughs) soul visa and then within you know 30 to 60 days it'll be that's great that's like a that's like a beetlejuice level uh canon that you just described there yeah, a yeah. soul visa or uh that's great or like dragon ball z where like heaven is very bureaucratic right they have yeah, to like yeah, wait yeah, in yeah, line. Yeah, yeah 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 there's that big huge 
giant guy. He has like stamps. Yeah, he's yeah, got like yeah, a big yeah, like yeah, stamp yeah. book. Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah. Anyways, Af- uh, afterlife um, bureaucracy. That's great. That's a that's a probably more classic joke than we realize. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, robots have souls, and this I, movie is basically a ten out of ten for me. It's a ten out of ten, not because uh, I think the movie itself is good, but like the experience of watching it is a ten out of ten for me. I'd agree with you that the movie isn't that good, like quotation marks, mm-hmm. but it's an incredible movie to watch. Yeah, it's, it an experience. it's an experience. Is, it does so many things that are just extra extraordinary 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 i think this is a great movie why do you think it was so panned when it came out well i said this earlier i think that like the i think the robot looks a little creepy mm-hmm. i think that like some parents honestly might have not shown this to their children because it it looks scary uh-huh i think that even like <laughs> those like dismembered like body parts we were talking about earlier yeah, yeah, yeah. like it can be a little gross at times yeah the website's critical consensus consensus reads bicentennial man is ruined by a bad script and ends up being dull and mawkish and and, and i think they're picking up on like when i say that it's not a quote-unquote good movie that's why they're saying in this I wikipedia that entry, we're, yeah. yeah like I, I i understand where this is coming from but it, at the end of the day, it's such an effective movie. Yeah. It's such an original movie. It's such a well-done concept. Yeah. Um, and it does so much. Yeah. I don't know. Dude, I think this is better than AI. Oh, Fuck AI, dude. dude. Don't tell the Wheatleys that. Those are fighting words for dude. them. <laughs> for reals. I mean, for reals, though. Joe Biden. I, I'm serious. All joking aside, man. All joking, All joking aside. aside, Jack. He's like whispering. <laughs> you seen this over here? This is a good movie. Uh, I don't know, man. I think I could get down with that. I think I could get down with that opinion. I don't think it's crazy. Well, here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. AI is a better movie. Quote, unquote. In quotes. Quote, unquote. In quotes. Yeah, 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 yeah. This as a as a movie watching experience, I think I may find more enjoyment in this than I do AI. I agree. I'm having a hard time critiquing this movie very well, and like, well, it's because it because it's it sets the bar for itself as a like movie to be taken seriously, kind of low, mm-hmm. right? So once you get past that, once you're like, okay, this is just some fucking movie. Then you can enjoy all of the bullshit, yeah, like in yeah, a very, yeah, yeah. in a very like clean way, like un unencumbered by, uh, the burden of making a good movie. Right, you can just sort of enjoy the ideas that the movie has. Yeah, filterless. Yeah, I think um, the critics were probably like really bothered by the movie's sentim- sentimentality, mm-hmm. sentimentality, sentimentality, sentimentalic. And just yeah, like there's cheesy stuff in this movie. Yeah. For sure. Uh-huh. Um, but it's not a deal breaker for me. I mean I just like ignore right. it. Like I don't care. Right. Right, right, right. Uh, man, I agree. This is uh I had a great time watching this movie. Yeah, for every- everything we just said. I'm not gonna really be able to add anything new here. Uh-huh. But it's the movie like sets the bar so low for itself that like all of the dumb stuff or all of the heady stuff it's trying to do, I can just accept. Mm-hmm. And just kind of like chew on because I don't care about the movie. I don't care about the rest of the movie. 
Um, look how teary his eyes look. That's crazy. They look kind of glazed. Uh huh. He looks kind of baked in the scene. Hey man, can I have some rights? <laughs> uh, yeah. It's funny how like how like dick motivated this guy has been the whole movie. Yeah, we didn't talk about that one dick joke that's in the movie. When he finally gets a dick. When they when he says like, hey, like I've developed this method to make you even more of a man. And I and I said like as I was getting up, I was like, always oh, making a dick joke, and uh-huh. you were like, oh really? And then there's the shot of like Robin Williams looking at his crotch really quick, uh-huh. and then like being surprised. And I was like, see, I told you, it's a dick joke. That's what he's been waiting for the whole time. Yeah, it seems like uh, that was the fulcrum for the screenwriter was that joke right there. Uh huh. We're just worried. I have this dick joke. I have this dick joke about make, making you more of a man, and the whole script is written around that in either direction. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's a penis with a movie wrapped around it. Right. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, I, I'm still going to reiterate. I like, I like this movie a lot. It's not a, it's not a good movie, but it's a great experience. And for that, I'm going to give it 10 out of 10 cobra hats <laughs> <laughs> at a time that's good Co- um, Co- cobra beach hats i'm also gonna give it a 10 out of 10 because honestly like for my memory um i really like this movie like mm-hmm. when i watched it when i was young and on a rewatch can't find anything wrong with it yeah and actually like made me feel the same well, way about you it you should again. rephrase you can't find anything that like bothers you right about this movie right yeah like in the same way that I can admit, um, was this an earlier conversation? Or just like the standards of movies have gone up yeah. over time. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um. So that, but the the corollary, corollary, corollary. <laughs> what are you saying right the now? The corollary to that. <laughs> I still don't know what word you're trying to say. The opposite of that, coloration. Cor- correlation. Jesus Christ. Corollary. Corollary corollary what are you trying to say right what's it's, use it use the word in a sentence and i'll try to help you it's like the side the other side of the coin is this like on one hand like yes movie standards have gone up over time but the corollary to that is that um when you watch old movies you kind of give them like a big benefit of the doubt and you forgive the blues brothers for like you know it's not the greatest flow right. in a movie it's kind of like just a bunch of scenes stitched together you're more you're forgiving. more forgiving of older movies yeah um just because they're older and, and i think the same you... way that you're forgiving of older people for being stupid yeah yeah i think yeah. so and, and once you give it just like a little bit of the benefit of the doubt this movie is a shining diamond shining diamond it's a shining diamond um and i love it so I'm gonna give it ten, yeah, uh, ten Chrome Kitchens. There you go. Thanks for listening. Filmhole is produced by just us, myself and Raúl. Our music is by Double U. That's underscore the word double and two U's. Get Filmhole wherever you listen to podcasts. If you like it, rate it. If you hate it, maybe don't. Thanks again. See you next time. <laughs>